Welcome to Payne on Politics, a podcast where host Dr. Gregory Payne of Emerson College sits down with fellow experts to discuss the current state of politics, public opinion, and global affairs. In a world growing increasingly complex, communication and critical thinking is key. This only makes the Emerson motto, expression necessary to evolution, more true. Hello, this is Gregory Payne on Payne on Politics, and I'm coming from Emerson College and chair of the Department of Communication Studies, the first communication department in the United States. One of the most exciting aspects of Paint on Politics, and I think you can see I like Aristotle, uh, even though I think he has a little bit more uh, readership than uh, this podcast has uh, listenership, look at politics as life. And part of my life at Emerson is working with students and gifted uh, athletes. As you know, we started a sports comm program. Spencer and myself were strong advocates for that. And one thing we saw was a merge between sports and politics because, to me, some of the same teamwork is very important. Today, I've got the privilege of in interviewing someone who's teaching in the department and someone who is leading the way with Emerson Polling, Camille Mumford, who actually began her career on the field. So, Camille, welcome. And tell us, how did you get from there to here? Well, thank you so much for having me, Dr. Payne. It's uh, both an honor and a privilege to be on the podcast, my uh, my most viewed podcast of the year, I would say. But when I first heard about Emerson, I was looking at politics, and I was looking at communications to study in college. Um, and this is back when I'm in high school, circa 2014. Um, I'm a senior, I'm playing lacrosse competitively, I'm looking at schools all around the U.S. um, of all divisions, and I really fell in love with Boston when I first visited here for a lacrosse tournament. My mother, uh, Miss Mindy Mumford, she, through her perusing of the the web sphere, found political communications, a school that had the two areas that I wanted to study, but merged into one together as a major, and that felt like such a unique opportunity. So they just so happened to be uh, the Emerson women's lacrosse coach as well at a tournament I was going to the next week. So we introduced each other. There was a divine intervention from my family, from the lacrosse world, and from academia. And I came to Emerson. I did a visit with the lacrosse team. I really fell in love with the dynamics there. And then I met with Spencer Kimball, my now boss. And Spencer gave me a beautiful pitch about Emerson College and talked about what he was doing at Emerson College polling. Really blew me away. I walked out of that meeting, met with my mom again, and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to come here. This is my school. This is where I feel like I can make a difference, get involved, do these practical things that no other institution has ever pitched me this way. No other, I was doing other lacrosse visits to other schools, all had lovely, great, competitive, even more competitive teams, but nothing that I could feel my career would start advancing from my undergraduate experience like would uh, here at Emerson. So fast forward, I start getting involved with Spencer after I take the, his course in survey research methods. Me and Isabel Holloway, my coworker, start working together and starting to elevate Emerson Polling's uh, reach on social media, other aspects. And I continue working throughout my undergraduate experience and, and also playing lacrosse, bringing other individuals in and giving them the same pitch that Spencer gave me. And I ended up getting my master's here as well, which is a really great, unique experience during COVID as well, when a lot of times in the world were a little bit unstable and shaken, but I continued here doing work that gave me stability. It gave me great interest. That's how I rounded out. And then uh, I started to be a teaching assistant to Spencer during my master's uh, CC303, the survey research methods course. And that gave me a really unique opportunity to start to connect with students, to teach them a kind of complicated subject known as one of the harder classes at Emerson, one of the most rewarding classes I've heard from my classmates and now students. And then I got the opportunity through uh, Dr. Payne and Spencer to start teaching that class individually in the spring of 2022. So that has 
sort of culminated my Emerson experience. I was able to be brought on full-time as well at Emerson College Polling in early spring, late winter of 2022 as our Director of Communications. I think what's interesting about that story, you know, you started out in some ways a kind of a peripatetic approach as an athlete. You probably did not think that you were going to suddenly find yourself crunching data with Spencer. But I think one of the beauties that Spencer and I both have advocated is this immersive aspect about Emerson and that you can be immersive on the field, but you can also complement that. We've worked very closely, as you know, with the coaches in terms of working with Jane Pierce-Solnier, the associate chair scheduling. From your perspective, Camille, what is it about working on the Emerson polling team and I think a special group in political communication in the department as well as the field dynamic that makes it complement? Because oftentimes I think at other places you might say, well, I'd like to do this, but I can't. But you've kind of merged the two together. I really found with Emerson, there was a certain level of respect from the faculty to the athletes. And we played a Division three level, so in season we're expected to play the same amount of hours and put all the same work in as, say, a Division one athlete in season. However, you don't necessarily experience some of the same less intense academic rigor during your season, necessarily. But at Emerson, it was seen as a an add-on to my experience. It wasn't seen as something that would take me away from the academic field. So it was a, kind of a unique opportunity to, as you said, an immersive experience of playing these competitive games over at Roch Field in the South End and then coming back and and taking a course. But there was always sort of a level of respect and mutual working together, not coming from on the field and coming back to my professors who were advocating for me and, and excited to hear about games. I think part of it is within the department, what we've attempted to do is to promote a culture of that because in some respects, when Spencer and I started to talk about Sportscom, and we had some very good people with Pat and Stan Nance and especially alums. Many people said, well, sports at Emerson? I mean, sports has not been a dynamic part. I think when you look at the history of Emerson, though, I mean, we've had fencing, we've had wrestling, uh, basketball, we've had golf, we've had sailing. Uh, I think what we've seen is as we moved over to this part of campus, that might have been maybe in the uh, sort of the shadow for a while. But now we've seen this graduation to where we're in a better conference And I think within our department, there is a great respect. I'm going to shift gears a little bit now. And again, want to note you because I know that you were very accomplished on the lacrosse field and your coaches really appreciated that. What you're doing now is you're working again. It's almost like uh, you're working with Spencer, who's your quarterback, and he's got new ways that he wants to collect data, crunch the data. And little Emerson that used to be in the background, oh, well, what's Emerson doing now? When I turn on MSNBC, when I look at the New York Times, Emerson is leading the pack. So what is it about Emerson? What is it about what you're doing with the data that has connected? And I think everybody, even your one-time critics, have said, well, we've got to pay attention to Emerson polling. That's exactly right, Dr. Payne. The the one thing that is something that we've carried over from Emerson's sort of mission as being innovators and always moving forward and being the best possible innovators in your field is also what we brought to our methodology and our data collection. So we're not stopping when we're okay, always aiming for greatness really over here. We wanna be statistically accurate and predictively accurate and all of that fun stuff, but we really focused on finding the ways of 
the evolution of communication and taking that and putting it into our survey research. And that's something, as our comms director, I really, really highlight and push to our, our media contacts because it's not something everyone understands, and nor should they, because we don't all sit around and think about, hmm, like, am I doing a text poll today, or am I doing an online poll, or a, an IVR, a robocall poll, or a live operator poll? And it's something that a lot of times it takes some time to, for research to evolve and to know the validity of process. But with polling, you have this test at the end of the day, which is your election. So you can see at the end of the day what's performing best, and we can perform these meta-analysis of larger scale studies, or you can do more small analysis of different modes of data collection within it. And what we're finding is we need to kind of take a little bit of everything, really moving towards text polling as well, because back um, in, in 2015 or so with the Trump administration, there was some lifting of some regulation on, on text polling that has allowed us to improve our data collection because that's something that we were criticized for for not including cell phones in our data collection, but now we can. So that's something that has improved our overall reputation. And once again, as we all know, it takes some time for everyone to come along to certain concepts. When they're new, they might be scary. And if other people aren't doing them, that's something that we always have to take under consideration. However, we're not scared to get a little bit of slack at the beginning because at the end of the day when the election results come in people are like oh well yet again emerson seems to be the best poll out there and i don't say that with a grain of salt i you know we've done our analyses and we see the numbers come in and especially in 2021 our most recent real election cycle we were i would say the best pollster out there best public pollster at least well i think you know i I would agree with you of course i've been a big fan of Emerson polling when Spencer studied with David Paleologos over at Suffolk, and David's been a great supporter. I think one thing that I've found is when Emerson was beginning to show up, of course, we were happy just to be mentioned. And, you know, Spencer was not happy with like the B minus or the Bs or whatever. And he kept saying, no, 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 that's that's JV. We're going to be A's. Veers, he is, you know, he teethes on success. You know, he has the energy of a football coach, Vince Lombardi. You know, we've got to win. We've got to make this good. I know sometimes he can be, he can say things that like, as he's done at some of the conferences, which maybe doesn't play reverence to some of the the people of the past. But I know he does so in the spirit of making sure that polling is going to be the most accurate. Kudos to you and kudos to him and all the supporters, because when you look now at some of the doubters, some of the naysayers, and even what we might even say some of the haters initially, they now are coming on board. And one thing I would also like to applaud you all is, as you said, Emerson is a Petri dish for creativity. It's not a place for everybody. But if you dare to take a chance, if you dare to say, I want to change things for the better, you come to Emerson. If you want to follow in line with traditionalists, then go to BU, go to other places. What I've also very much admired with you and Spencer is while everybody seems to say we're losing national news, we're losing local news, everything is being sort of dictated from New York and the coast, et cetera, you've really bought into the fact through Nexstar, et cetera, that you can connect locally and I think get questions that resonate within people from Benton, Illinois, rather than, you know, Brooklyn. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that relationship and how you've really become the local poster. That's exactly right. So we have partnered with Nextar Media for the past few cycles now. And in this current cycle, we're doing some of the most polls we've ever done with this organization. Nextar Media owns a strong number of local conglomerates all over the United States, perhaps the most. And this 
really allows us to dive into every single newsroom in America. Nexstar doesn't dictate the questions themselves. We hear direct feedback from local reporters on the ground in communities in nearly every state in the U.S. that we're polling of what they want to ask about, what the local issues are. So there's, it's one thing to do research in a community, and it's one thing to talk to the local reporter who is living in it, raises their family in it, and it's part of their life. So that's something that we really take into accountability, and we really take their feedback for our question design as well of, of informing us um, on, in our end, because we're in Boston, obviously we can't be in a can't be in Albuquerque, we can't be in Las Vegas, Nevada at all times. So that's really allowed us from first like a question design and a validity angle to to get deeper into these communities, and then from a communications angle, on my perspective, it's allowed me to build a relationship with local newsrooms in nearly every state in America, which in my own personal career is something extremely unique and just a fantastic opportunity that I've been given here to not only build a national media list of, of individuals, but also a local media list from who you think about, who reporters, uh, people in the U.S. really trust. And trust in news is something that, as we know, has been decreasing for the last several decades and is something that you think about. You might hate U.S. Congress, but you might like your local congressman. You might hate news in general and think that it's untrustworthy. But if someone asks you, oh, Alice from News 8 in X, X city around the U.S., do you trust her? Oh, yeah, I trust her. I see her on my local news every night. So her reporting our news and having me or Spencer or whomever on gives us another opportunity and to work on our polling polling literacy and polling ethics and, and increasing the reputation of the general polling industry around the U.S. So you're picking uh, topics and saliency among that local. It's not just dripping down from Morning Joe and, you know, Maria Bartolomo, et cetera. I think that's what I find very unique. And as you know, uh, and as you practice uh, as an Emersonian graduate, it's very, very important to know your audience, to communicate the message and symbols. One thing that, a pathway that you've also explored during your time at Emerson, from the lacrosse field to being this expert in polling and teaching, is... You also have been a liaison uh, with some very important organizations, and you've worked some with the British Consulate here in Boston. Can you explain a little bit about that? Because when we say Emerson polling, many people think, because Spencer loves politics, that Emerson polling doesn't really deal with other aspects. Uh, can you give us a bit about what you've been doing with the British? That's right. So I was able to form some relationships with, with other individuals around uh, the British government, et cetera, through um, working with an organization called the Association of Marshall Scholars. And this is a group that I've done some communications consulting for under one of our fantastic and incredible alumni, Shannon Felton Spence. All over the airwaves with the Queen. Absolute rock star, um, a royal correspondent, and not just a royal correspondent, she's an expert in uh, housing policy and, and the economics and a variety of other geopolitical issues. And she, like you, has also taught here, so we need to get Shannon, who is our celebrity spectacle expert, back on the track in terms of teaching at Emerson. Yes, still a Boston local, so welcome welcome her at all, at all costs. And she's down at George Washington now in their... Um, the Beck Center for Innovation as well. So so yeah, so through that, I've been able to form some relationships. And now we at Emerson have good relationships with the, the consulate in Boston, which is right across the common from us, to talk about politics with them and, and down in D.C. as well. Just in the long run, I think it's another fantastic opportunity for for us at Emerson College to be uh, considered experts in, in polling and politics for, for these consulates and for these representatives to uh, the U.K. government, one of our most important strategic partners for the last um, X amount of years. I think one thing that it also enables us to do, one of our, as you know, one of the most growing, uh, fastest growing areas within the department is public diplomacy. Hilner Gunderson is the new ambassador from Iceland to Canada, 
And I know that uh, the Global Summit that you're working on, we're doing the pre-summit here, and we've got the Global Summit down at the Watergate with uh, Bob Woodward, KCK. Uh, thanks to Susan Del Percio for that. And we're going to be, of course, highlighting Emerson polling. Uh, Spencer will be giving those last weekend polls. I think we also have uh, Laura. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about Laura's uh, historic poll in terms of the Spanish vote? Yeah, so we've really focused in here at Emerson College polling on Hispanic voters, considering they are one of the highest growing populations within the whole U.S. Uh, and we've taken the time to study statewide surveys of just Hispanic voters, considering that is one of the most undersampled, underrepresented, and often misrepresentative groups in public opinion research. Because a lot of times, even if you have a somewhat representative sample of Hispanics, within that you're making generalizations about Hispanics due to a small group of them. Or on the other hand, we're able to really dig into the nuances within the Hispanic vote for these surveys, you know, Hispanics of different educations, of different genders, of different backgrounds, because as you know, is the term Hispanic, it encompasses a huge amount of different backgrounds and, and, and life stories and, and everything. So, you know, we're studying down in, in Florida and, and more Cuban voters or more Mexican voters in, say, Colorado. And this is something we're also studying the non-registered citizens as well and what can get them to potentially participate in elections, which then kind of brings us to 2024, which seems like it's far away. However, time seems to pass very quickly in politics. So uh, moving into that that election year, that's going to be a real pivotal pivotal shift for, for Democrats and Republicans to sort of win over this voting block. And that's kind of what we're finding is it's not just one voting block, though. There's so much nuance within it. Um, so that's what I'm so excited for Dr. Barbarina to talk about down in down in Washington this November, is that the nuances and what we found across states of Texas, Florida, Nevada, Arizona, and Georgia. I know that I can't wait for that. And I would like for People listening, if you are interested, we're doing the Global Summit. It's going to be uh, at the Watergate Hotel, so save the date for the Watergate. Uh, one thing that I would say is we've got Elaine Carmack, who's now with Brookings. She was at Harvard. She's going to be doing one of her commentaries about the research of uh, Laura as well as Spencer. As, I, as I've said, I'm so impressed with what polling has done. Very, very active in the connections that you have with the Emerson Mafia. Dr. Scott Ratson, you did work with NYU on COVID. And I would say, Camille, thank you so much. Uh, one thing I guess I would say before we close is we haven't really hit the spot where I find Lots of accolades, positive feedback, and that is Professor Mumford. So what's it been like you teaching uh, in the classroom? It has been really incredible. You know, I've, I started as a TA in, during kind of COVID years when we were a bit hybrid, moving back. And then in September 2022, I was able to start teaching the survey research methods, which almost every kid comes into, every student rather, comes into the class and is like, I didn't come to Emerson for math. I heard we have to do math here. Uh, and that's something that I... First of all, I have to talk them off the ledge of, of dropping the class and then go into talking about how exciting polling is and really making the pitch about no matter what industry you're going to go into, you're going to look at some survey research or your boss will tell you about it or to be informed by it. So instead of being not able to be part of those meetings, why don't you learn it now and then be a part of those meetings and be really a leader? And that's something that we're finding too with um, with Nexstar. A lot of these local stations we work with have some Emerson alums because as you know, a lot of times these journalism students um, from Emerson will graduate and go off to local stations to be a, a reporter somewhere where they maybe didn't grow up, wherever it is. And a lot of them will tell us that Oh, I took I took Spencer's class, the survey research methods, and I had to correct my my news reporters saying, "Oh, you know, you're reading the margin of error wrong in this poll." So it's something that you can see the tangible um, impact of this class, where you're learning about not only how to conduct your own survey, but also 
uh, and conducting a real great resume piece for all of them moving forward to their um, to their jobs. Because a lot of times they're sophomores, juniors, seniors in the class. But also just giving them sort of this background information they didn't have before, which is something really special um, and something I'm really trying to culminate and make it as interesting as possible for them. So it's been a real full circle moment for me teaching here at Emerson. But I'm I'm just so grateful for the opportunity, and I, I love to see the the gears click in their heads when they start getting it and seeing what they all accomplish at the end of the semester when they they have their final project they do something on any topic they want in survey research so they do their own polls they're small and they have very high margin of errors of course uh however they're they're producing something that is really never done until at least the graduate level in all other um, institutions so that's once again emerson being innovators uh, and allowing students to be innovators themselves well, what I found most interesting at the, one of the summit that we had a couple of years ago was we had some of the uh, storyboards of projects, and we had the chancellor from the University of Colorado talking with some of the students, and she said to me, your graduate students are very, very smart, to which Spencer and I said, these are not graduate students. These are undergrads, you know, some sophomores. So one thing I would like to say um, when I think about your odyssey, I mean, you started in as an athlete, suddenly where you are now, it reminds me of the that popular Netflix series, Stranger Things, because on that T-shirt, which, of course, we love to see that Emerson T-shirt, it's expression necessary to evolution. We have certainly seen polling evolve the stereotype of math, because as you said, it used to be when Iris Burnett and others, Iris, if you're listening, they would say, I didn't come to take math. And so you took Eki Sataki, you barely just kind of opened up the book, and that was it. Now we have students because of what you're doing and Spencer and Isabel and others who come here because of that. So we have evolved. I think Emerson is a better place. So the next time you see that logo, realize that stranger things really are normal things because you never know how far an Emerson education will take you. You started out as a lacrosse player. Now you're the professor and you're leading the way with local polling everywhere. Camille, we're so proud of you. Thank you for sharing your ideas and your live stream so far on Pain on Politics.